Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, on today's special, very special I Work For Him election edition on November 4th, 2014. We don't normally date stamp these, but this is not a show that's going to play again on another day. We'll have to do it again if we have another election day. But Martha, today we're here to talk about the qualities that we desire in an elected official. That's right. I think a lot of people don't take the time to really think about some of the qualities of an elected official. They think about what they stand for or what um, platform they're on. But we're going to talk a little bit deeper about who they are as people. We're going to talk about the stuff that matters. You know, their their political platforms. Uh, again, this is an equal opportunity show. We're not here to promote the, the, the platform of the Republicans or the Democrats. What we're here to promote are people that want to abide by the Constitution of the United States of America. We want to talk about people who want to who actually want to represent the majority of us here in America that desire conservative principles fiscally and socially. And we also want to really embrace those elected officials who desire to listen to us, the normal people, the people that we're not the, we're just the middle class and the lower middle class. We the, the majority of us that pay the taxes in this country, we want we want them to listen. And represent us. And so that's what we're here to talk about today. But the first thing we wanted to do is if there's anybody listening that has not yet cast their vote today to go to their place of election and cast their vote 
um, to make their voice be heard and make it count. That's right. What we want you to do is we want you to jump in your car and tune in to 1110 <laughs> a.m. and drive way. to your local polling place and vote because it is the most, it is a God-given privilege. There are people all over this globe, billions of them, that would love to have the privilege that you have today to vote for your elected officials. Every vote counts. And honestly, there are people that would... I mean, there are people that are sitting home today eating leftover Halloween candy and aren't voting. Why? Why, Martha? Why do you think that is? I think a lot of people just think, well, I don't really make a difference. And um, it's really sad because this is our opportunity to let our voice be known. We do not need to understand every platform. We need don't need to. Um, it's important to care but there are ways to find out who to vote for that align with what you believe. And then cast your vote. Make a difference. That's why we live in this wonderful free country. All right. So let me say it very slow for some of, the, some of you that listen slower than others. If you haven't voted yet, the polls are still open till 8 o'clock. You have three hours and 30 minutes. And yes, I'm talking to Tampa Bay. So those of you that are in other time zones, you got more time because this is the East Coast calling. So, you know, those of you in the Midwest, you got four and a half hours. Those of you in the mountain zone, you got five and a half hours. Those of you in California, you got six and a half hours. Those of you in Alaska, you got practically the whole day still to vote. (laughs) You know, Alaska and Hawaii, Hawaii's got, well, now it's only five hours different. So it's uh, only, oh my word, it is only 1130 in the morning. You got a lot of time to vote, eight and a half hours. Yep. And everybody that I talked to today, because I did a little special thing in my store, if they came in and told me that they voted, I gave them a treat. And it wasn't a bribe or anything, but I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for making a difference in counting. And um, But so many people said, you know, the polls were not busy. You didn't have to stand in long lines. They've got a lot of things figured out. And with mail-in voting like you and I do, um, we've we're not in line so no we are not and over in our county alone or actually in the state of florida alone over three million people voted by mail wow it's a a huge huge number okay imagine having to open all those no i hope they got (laughs) you know one of those envelope openers they don't get paper cuts cuts. Mm -hmm. all right so you may ask yourself why is the i work for him show talking about politics we're not we're not talking about politics we're talking about character today as a leader and elected officials that's their job they go to Washington, D.C., they go to the state house in Florida or your state house in your state. You know, they, they go to the local uh, you know, mayoral meetings, commissioner meetings, school board meetings, wherever it may be. The, that's their job. These people get paid. Some people get paid well for their elected positions and some people do not. I know that mayors in small towns most of the time do it just because they get like dinner or something. I don't know. I know <laughs> that they care. And they care a lot. Well, remember when I was thinking about running for mayor back in Minnesota, I think the job was about a 50-hour week job and it paid twelve grand. Yeah. It was a good deal. All of that. And, and I had people in town that said, Jim, we can get you elected. And I said, <laughs> that freaks me out. Okay. Well, I didn't run for mayor. So that was, that was good. I, I'm not sure I'm qualified for elected office. Okay. So, but Martha, what I want to talk about, we've got special callers coming in at, at 447. We've got David Turngreen coming in. I would call him a political strategist, but he's really just really good at helping people vote their conscience and helping them determine this is what this um, uh, this candidate stands for. This is what this candidate stands for. This is what the constitutional amendments really mean. And so David's calling on for 15 minutes to talk. And then we've got a soon-to-be-reelected official coming on, David, uh, House of Representative David Jolly, going to join us. And we're going to ask him both a lot of questions about what are the qualities of an elected official that you desire? 
But in the meantime, let's choose our top ten. Those qualities. We've got some time. Okay. Did you did you choose any yet? I did. I did. We were looking at a list of all different kinds of qualities, character qualities. A hundred of them. Oh, my goodness. And that was a lot. And I would say the first, mm, I don't know that my five are in order, but they are my top five. Okay. Um, courage. I think it takes a lot of courage to be an elected official. And uh, it said here that the, the description of that is fulfilling a responsibility and standing up for convictions in spite of being afraid. So really having courage to stand up for what you believe in. All right, so I totally agree. I had courage in there as well. It wasn't my number one, because right. you know my number one. Mm-hmm. I do. The right, it's, it's like right at the bottom of the list. Transparency, vulnerability, and servanthood. You know, what I want in my elected officials, and I just said three of them, and that was really kind of unfair. But, That's you know, okay. But transparency, I want to really know who these people are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know who the paper thinks they are. I don't want to know who... Their political, uh, you know, marketing strategists say they are. I want to know who are they really, mm-hmm. because those people are. We're paying them to uh, represent us, and I want to know who they are. Right. I, that was, <laughs> that's, that's fine. I'm, no, that's I'm okay. With, I'm okay with the. I'm okay with the silence because we need to know. We have elected people in this country. We didn't know who they really were. All across the board. Yeah. We've got. We have elected people. We had no idea who they were. So that that's. Transparency, big one for me. Servanthood, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to serve this country. What a great privilege. I mean, literally in Congress, there's 535 people. There, there, if you're one of those 535 people in this country that gets called to Washington, D.C., you represent somewhere between 300 and 350 million people. 535 people do. That's pretty amazing. So I want to make sure they're servant-minded, that they're mm-hmm. not doing it for what what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. Because if they're listening to WIIFM, I'm not interested. Ooh, mm. what's in it for me? WIIFM. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was a little slow there. I didn't get it. I'm That's right. right. Well, and, and honestly, I got to give credit to my buddy, Robert Smith, because he says that all the time. If they're listening to WIIFM, I'm not interested. That's very good. Well, another one for me was trustworthiness. Um, believing completely and totally in someone, uh, being able to trust what they're saying is what they really mean. That That's really important to me. All right. Okay. So one, another one. I, I I liked the vulnerability thing. Now that one's a little tough for a politician. Mm. Honestly, just being a politician, you got to be a little vulnerable. Uh, well, now that just, that's what Rush Limbaugh does. He, he shakes the papers <laughs> and people know that they're listening. All right, but the uh, um, vulnerability. I mean, just to be a politician, you have to understand all of your dirty laundry. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, everything gets exposed. Mm-hmm. Everything about you gets exposed. So you are vulnerable. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Well, but a lot of that, when somebody else exposes it, that's not necessarily being vulnerable. But if you talk about who you are, I think that's more being vulnerable. So if they uncover something that you haven't shared, then you're not being transparent. So it's just a big circle. (laughs) All right. Well, David Turngren's called on just a little bit early, so I want to get him in before the break. So, David, are you there? Yeah, Jim, I am here. That's good. How are you? Good. You got a real bad echo, so you got to go somewhere where we can't have an echo. 
So give wow. Um, all right, I'm going to have her put you back on hold, and uh, so she can do it because we we can't have that kind of echo in her. Okay, so Martha, what what's another one? Another one. You're going to probably laugh at this, but I actually think sensitivity is really important, and not sensitivity like willing to cry and things like that. What's wrong with but crying? Nothing is wrong with crying, but that's okay. not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who is sensitive to what other people may be going through, able to put themselves in other people's shoes and able to look at things from another vantage point sometimes to make sure that the decisions they're making are good decisions. Hmm. We've got David Turngren on the phone. We're going to try his phone connection again. But today we're talking with David. I call him a political strategist because what he really does is he helps people understand the issues and he helps people understand what candidates stand for. David, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Hi, Jim. Is this, this any better? It's really not much better. It's really, but we're going to go okay. with it's. It's a little rough. I don't know. It sounds like you're inside a bathtub with a lid on. I thought well, he sounded like he was uh, in let me space. Let call you back from a, another phone. All right, you you do that, Martha. And I'll just talk. All right, thanks, David. <laughs> All right, so Martha, while we're waiting for David to call us back, listen. In the in the past, politics hasn't intrigued you near as much as it's intrigued me. Why do you think that is? You know, I was thinking about that um, because, yes, you are always tuned in to what's going on, what's happening, and how it's impacting you. And you know what I really think it boils down to is our media has turned politics into a popularity fest in a lot of ways. And I have never been one that looks at what actor or actress and what they're doing and what their personal life is like and all of that. And I think that... I, I just don't get caught up in that, and that's so much of what the media focuses on that I've been disenchanted by that. I care about the issues, but I don't care about who says what to whom and all that no. stuff in the background. So it, I, think, I think that's part of it. You know, no, it is frustrating. It is so frustrating because politics is just... I don't know. Again, if people would abide by these character qualities we're talking about, yeah. these would be politicians we could all vote for, no matter who they represent. If they could be these people, you could really. Well, let's just review who, what we said were really good features of a or good qualities of an elected official. You said. Well, so far I said sensitivity. That's right. You did. And um, and, being, and I said servanthood. Yep. And courageous. And, and I said transparency. And I said trustworthy. And I said uh, vulnerability. There you go. And my last one, which we didn't talk about yet, was faith. That's only four. Okay. You still need one more. Okay. I think I have another faith. one. That was faith. Faith. Okay. So what do you mean? Well, I, um, for us, that faith would be a faith in Jesus Christ would be ultimately the most important thing. Um because then I would hope that that person would be allowing the Holy Spirit to guide their decisions and direct their everyday life. Um, that would be the ideal situation. You know, and I'm not going to waste one of my votes on not waste. I'm not going to use one of my votes on faith because it's a dead given on the I Work For Him show. I want their faith in Christ to be strong. I want them to believe that the God of the Bible exists and that he that because God exists, it impacts every decision they make. That's a given in the politician, the politics, uh, the elected official that I want to put into office. So I don't want to use one of my votes, but I'll let you use one of yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Dave, we got you back on the line. David Turngren. Hi, Jim. Is that anybody? Oh, that is so much hey, better. Hey, Woo! Hear you okay. Now. Yay. All the, got David Turngren from Pinellas County, Florida, calling all the way from where are you at in Tennessee? 
I'm in the uh, the great volunteer state of Tennessee. I'm I'm in Columbia visiting uh, family right now. Awesome. Okay. All right. All right. So we're, we've used some of our time. So I want to get get to it right away. You know, you have done a very good job of helping people just understand the issues, helping people understand what judges stand for, what the what the elected officials stand for, so people can vote their conscience and understand. Okay, here's what the ballot really means. When you look at the qualities that you desire an elected official, what are you looking for, David Turngren? Well, one of the big things is, and, and that we have to realize, and, and, and it's one of the things we, we, we often overlook as Christians, is we're, we're never going to find the perfect candidate. Hmm. But uh, David Barton probably said it best uh, when he uh, visited our church not too long ago, a couple years back. If you have someone who is going to be pro-life and is going to vote for life every single time. He says, I can tell you pretty much so how that person is going to vote on 99% of everything else. And, and that, that really is true. Um, the, the, the issue of life is, is, is the primary tenet of our Christian faith. And it, and it's and it's uh, it's it's also a basis of our of our nation's constitution. Um, we have the unalienable rights uh, granted to us by our Creator of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the 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 first one of those is life. So if you know where a candidate stands on the issue of life, you pretty well know where they're going to stand on everything else. Now, is that the end all and be all? No. Uh, one of the things that I've said that we need to look at is where, what party uh, platform that candidate is supporting. Okay, but yeah. but you're taking it in a different way than I really want to take it. Because I, I really don't want to promote party platforms because I got issues with all sides of the aisle. Because they got Absolutely. you know, got, and, and you got and and. Honestly, what I want to see is I want to see those people that get elected tonight start serving the American people and stop serving themselves. But that's another issue. What I want to hear from you is when you've met with a, you've met with dozens and dozens and dozens of politicians. What is it that you, David Turngren, think are qualities of an elected leader that we need? I mean, what are the qualities you're looking for in a guy? Obviously, the pro-life platform, totally agree. Absolutely. God is pro-life. So, but what are the qualities of the character are you looking for? Well, you're, you're looking for honesty, of course. You're looking for integrity. You're looking for someone who's who's not just spouting a party party line. Mm. Someone who's not just uh, uh, feeding you talking points. You want you want someone who who can have a straightforward conversation with you. Um, I, I I really dislike the the uh, the shake and go and you know thanks for supporting me and all that kind of stuff. Um, you, you need you need to be able to talk to a politician. Uh, you need to be able to uh, uh, voice where you stand on an issue, and 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 they need to they need to take the time to listen to you. Um, so honesty and integrity are are, are key issues. Uh, and 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 a politician, uh, someone, and I hate to keep using the term politician, but you need someone who is going to listen, someone who has an ear to the people. Someone who is in tune what is going on in their community and not just looking at the party platform as I, as as we were discussing earlier. Someone who is in, in tune with their constituency and, and we we've seen some of that recently in our in our own districts. 
with 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 a, a recent candidate who changed his position on 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 a key issue to his constituents, and he received a great deal of backlash for that, and um, and and he wound up having to to clarify his position. But even at that, um, you know, once you've done that, the damage is done. Um, having to go back and, and re-explain yourself, having to uh, someone someone who's not you want someone who's not just careful with their words, but you want someone who's sure of their words, someone who's sure of what they're saying, and 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 they're not just saying it to to uh, to please the crowd or to. Um, satisfy a, a, a poll. Um, okay, that, that's that's one of the key. Things. Well, and I agree. I mean, and that, that again starts serving the people of the American public instead of serving a poll or some uh, you know lobbyist or whatever. But when, when you look at this is a, a show about workplace ministry. This is a show for Christian business people, whether they're owners or employees, but around the country, those Christian business people. What is it that you think we should be looking for? Or what, what kind of involvement should Christian business people have in the in the elected official process? What what, what do you what do you see as the role that we should be playing? Well, they should be playing a, a much bigger role than we do now. Um, one of the things that we've we've really kind of failed as a church is that we've allowed um, the, the secular world to take over the world of politics in that um, as Christians a lot of us will look at it and say oh you know that's a dirty business I, I think you were discussing some of that before when I was listening um, off the air it, you know we you're, you're going to be exposed there's a lot going on um, even as Christians uh Many of us will have things in our past that may come up and, and that kind of thing. We can't be afraid of that kind of stuff. We have to go out there and we have to be involved and we have to, we have to, we have to start at the, the simplest process. I've been, uh, for example, I've been working with the supervisor of elections since 2004, uh, working the elections as, as a clerk. Uh, we, need, we need Christians out there in the precincts. We need Christians out there monitoring the uh, party meetings. Uh, no matter which party it is, um, we need Christians that are, are are ready to step up and take those roles of leadership. Uh, you know, uh, one, one of the primary verses that I look at with regards to um, elections and, and to politicians and that kind of thing, and, and it gives us guidance in the scriptures as far as how we should look at uh, the leaders that we choose uh, comes in uh, Exodus 18, verse 21. It says, uh, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. That one verse is so packed with guidance for Christians with regards to the political realm and as far as uh, what our involvement should be that um, I, it just it just can't be ignored. All right, we'll read that again. But before you go, because we're running up, we're running at the top of the hour. How should we be praying for our elected officials? You got thirty seconds. No, you got twenty we seconds. Should, we should be praying all the time. We should be praying. Uh, number one. Uh, that they are following God's word, and that if 
if, if not, that God would open their eyes and open their hearts uh, to, to see what they need to do. And we need to be praying for their protection. I mean, even if you don't like a, a particular politician, if you don't like the leader that you, 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 we have, you still need to pray for them. Yes, and, we do. The reason being is because that's important to our community. That's important to our state. Congressman David Jolly joining us on the line. Congressman Jolly, thank you for joining us again on the I Work For Him show. Well, Jim, Martha, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we really, it's its fun. I know that this is not, you got nothing else better to do except for wait until 8 o'clock anyway, so we figured it'd be good for you to call. <laughs> Keep you busy. <laughs> hey, listen, spending a couple of moments talking about faith is exactly the way to create peace on an election night. So awesome. this is a good thing. I, uh, Matt, I can't even, I can't imagine the world that you're in. But anyway, so it, it is, I really, we've been talking for the last half hour about the qualities that we desire in an elected official. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun for you, an elected official, to share what is it that you would like to see more of in Congress? What are those qualities, and maybe even local people, because we've got the local house here in Florida, uh, the local senator here in Florida, we've got obviously uh, you know city councils. What is it that David Jolly looks for in an elected official, the character qualities you're looking for? Well, listen, I, I think we look first to the Bible, right? We look first to the teachings of Christ, and we look to uh, his teachings about, uh, very simply, the Beatitudes about relying on him for strength and wisdom. Uh, This is a very important job, uh, but that doesn't mean that the individuals who serve need to take themselves so importantly. Uh, This is a position of service, and it requires a heart of service. And listen, it is not that different than any other industry. I know through your radio ministry you support people in all lines of work. We all face challenges, and we all have opportunities presented to us each day where we demonstrate either a commitment to the teachings of Christ or a commitment to our own selves. And I hope elected officials can reflect uh, the teachings of Christ more than selfish principles. Hmm. And and we all do. We all wish that. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's not like your job is easy by any stretch of the imagination. You know, you're one of 535 people that control one of the most powerful nations in the world, and it is a huge responsibility. But when you look across the aisle, even if it's to your fellow Republicans or if it's across the aisle to the Democrats, what is it when you're looking to go negotiate something or go to 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 you know, go through the whole political process over a uh, over a bill or something. What is it you're hoping for in that other elected official that you're having to neg- having to work with? Trust. Mm-hmm. It's true in in any industry. It's trust. And listen, there are some candidates on the ballot. Frankly, there's a candidate on the ballot tonight that I couldn't trust if I was asked to work with that person. Uh, and that's unfortunate because at the end of the day, listen. Ultimately. Republicans, Democrats, neither party is going to absolutely have their way. If we are going to address the problems of the nation, if we're going to solve issues, it requires the parties to work together. Mm-hmm. Now, understand in, the, in modern politics, the moment I, as a Republican, try to work with a Democrat, I open myself up to attacks from my own party. But we need to change the discourse in politics, and we need to trust that the electoral body, those who choose elected officials, will see they're working together trusting people on both sides of the aisle is not a bad thing. It's actually the way to solve so many problems that we as a nation face. Trust and integrity in elected officials is the key component to getting work done. And we spent the first 15 minutes of the show just just encouraging people, if they haven't voted, to get out and vote, that they still had hours left to get it done. When you went and voted today, was there a line? Did you have to wait behind a line? I mean, what was it like? 
Well, I did not, because I think so many people are now voting by mail and taking advantage of the opportunity to vote uh, conveniently by mail. Uh, I do vote on Election Day. It's an experience that I appreciate having. Uh, I will tell you that the precinct workers said that the numbers were higher than they've seen in past elections. So in my very small town of Indian Shores, uh, by about 9.30, they already had 77 people having voted. So in a very small town, that's a good number. Hmm, that's awesome. You know, this is a show about workplace believers and people people who are following Christ in the workplace, whether they're business owners, people running businesses or employees in a business. We're just really trying to help people recognize that their workplace is their mission field. You go to a very tough mission field each and every day when you're up there in Washington, D.C. But what I want to be able to do is I'd like to hear from you, Congressman Jolly, on how can business people locally here in Tampa Bay help our elected officials? What are you looking for from these Christian business people that they've got to vote, but they know that there's maybe something more that they can do? What are some words of encouragement you could give to them? You know, I would say the first thing is engage. Please engage. So, listen, I take my uh, responsibility to represent our community very seriously. And I know that, listen, I as an individual member of Congress may not have every answer that that uh, is right for the direction of our country, but by relying on our community, by relying on stakeholders, by relying on people of faith and business to engage and to provide counsel on what they believe is the right uh, future, that's how we do this together. There's no greater uh, example than those of religious liberty in the workplace and the overreach of a federal government. It is important that I hear from fellow believers in in business and commerce here locally about the impact that the encroachment on religious liberty is having on their businesses. Uh, those, Those are real issues, and they should be attended to by Congress. It only happens when we have a conversation between the elected officials and those we are entrusted to represent. What is it that you find is the biggest challenge in your workplace, uh, the biggest challenge to your faith in your workplace? Well, you know, as in any workplace, you want to have an impact. You want to, you want to be sure that you are, you know, first honoring the teachings that we as faith believers believe that the Bible teaches us. Uh, but you also want to have an impact, and you want to have a, a way to do that. You know, politics is a very divisive arena. And so it first provides an opportunity to demonstrate understanding. It provides an opportunity to demonstrate encouragement, to listening, uh, to being supportive of people who we may or may not agree with. So first it provides an opportunity to show a heart of service and a heart of ministry. Uh, but ultimately, as within any profession, you hope that you, the work you do each day is not just honoring uh, your faith beliefs, but is also honoring the responsibility in the workplace you have to actually do your job. Listen, I think Congress should do their job. I think we should work harder. We should work longer hours, and we should actually govern and get things done. The problem is, I'm not sure, me, as a citizen of the United States, I don't even know what it looks like anymore for Congress to do their job. Because honestly, for eight eight years, all there's been is bickering. Go ahead. Here's one change we can make. How about members of Congress show up for work at 8 a.m. on Monday and leave at 6 p.m. on Friday? That would be a very simple way to demonstrate that Congress is working. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I do. I don't know why Congress should have to do anything else. radical notion of common sense, you know? Oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so Jim and I were talking about um, how important it is for us to be praying for all elected officials. And I think a lot of people may not even think about that. But specifically, we just wanted to ask you how we can be praying for you. Sure. 
and and I appreciate that. I appreciate the prayers of so many. And and first, you hit on something very important. It's important that we pray for all elected officials, uh, those we agree with, those we disagree with, those who might be of our party, those of another. Uh, you know, that is a an opportunity for us to find reconciliation as a body politic. Uh, but then I would say what is most important for elected officials is that we as a community pray for wisdom. At the end of the day, elected officials will make decisions that direct the future of the country. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those will be wise decisions that reflect the course, uh, not that we have ordained, but that God has ordained Okay, but let's be specific because you, you know, you represent one of our counties here in Tampa Bay. Wh- how do you want us praying for you, Congressman David Jolly? I I would say first for wisdom, uh, second for strength. Uh, those are listen. We can we can accomplish great things through Christ, and uh, for those who pray for elected officials, praying for wisdom and strength. Uh, probably those are the greatest things we could expect of our elected officials, and I certainly would appreciate that. You know, and as you have shared with me, the strength thing, holy smokes, the hours that you lead and the hours that you don't get to sleep, you run a pretty rough calendar. You really do. (laughs) But you know what? Uh, This is a great opportunity and honor. It's a great responsibility, and I try to demonstrate each day that we are working as hard as we can to honor that privilege we've been given to serve. Hmm. All right, cool. Let's pray right now while we're on the air, because I think everybody could appreciate that. Father, I just thank you for Congressman David Jolly. Lord, I thank you for his heart. Lord, uh, he's got a tough job. Lord, I just ask that you would uh, give him the request that he has asked for, for for wisdom. Lord, that you would give him the wisdom of Solomon and the ability to apply that wisdom uh, in Washington, D.C. Lord, that his wisdom would be based on your biblical view. And Father, we pray for his strength, that you protect his health, that you would uh, just protect his back. Lord, because we know that any time you take a stand, there's always people there to shove a spear in your back. So, Father, just uh, give him strength to take a stand on your issues. And, Lord, we just also pray for this evening, for our country, that you would be glorified in the results of the election and that we would bring people into Washington that w- and in all of our local offices that would really start to recognize the God of the Bible. And, Lord, just pray for protection and peace for David as he waits for eight o'clock, the 8 o'clock bell to ring. And we just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Congressman hey, thank Jolly. you all very much. God bless each of you. And God bless your listeners. Uh, thank you for the prayers of so many. I appreciate it. No problem. Congressman David Jolly, thanks for being on the I Work For Him show. We'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Proverbs 8, 6. Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will produce right things. In business discussions, do you speak first or listen? During business meetings, don't be too quick to speak. Allow the leader to establish the ground rules and give others a chance to express their viewpoints. Use this time to take notes and refine the points you want to make later. Focus on building a logical argument that covers both the pros and cons of the subject. Jot down a short outline and notes to keep organized. Then, when you've fully prepared, jump into the discussion. Confidently cover your points, supporting your position with necessary information. If others disagree, ask them to explain their reasons. Listen to their input and consider your response before you reply. Again, take notes. If you believe their objections are invalid, return the discussion to the facts that support your position. If you're wrong, graciously concede. Follow these rules and your value in meetings will increase. Proverbs 8, 6, listen for I shall speak noble things and the opening of my lips will produce right things. 
And, and the show today, we've been talking about those qualities of elected officials that we really desire. But I want to go back to what we said at the beginning of the show today. We need to vote. And I got an email yesterday from the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics about how should Christians think about Election Day. And in there's a couple of quotes from one guy I know and one guy I don't know. It, it, here's one from the great evangelist Charles Finney. He wrote this in 1835 about the need for Christians to vote. God cannot sustain this free and blessed country, which we love and pray for, unless the church will take right ground. Politics are part of religion in such a country as this, and Christians much, must do their duty to the country as part of their duty to God. God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take in politics. And I will tell you that if you look at the route that Christians have taken in politics, we're being cursed in this country because Christians have bailed on politics. People are not willing to take a stand and Therefore, we've got the country's been run by people who aren't God-fearing citizens. And there's an interesting quote, and this is by Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, one of my favorite 1800s authors. He was very satirical, always very sarcastic, but he said this, A Christian's first duty is to God. It then follows that as a matter of course that it is his duty to carry his Christian code of morals to the polls, and vote them. If Christians should vote their duty to God at the polls, they should carry every election and do it with ease. Now, there was a guy who was an atheist who said that. Hmm. But Martha, David Turngren had a verse that he shared with us I thought was pretty powerful. He did. It was Exodus eighteen twenty one, And it says, Moreover, choose able men from all the people, such as fear God, men who are trustworthy and who hate a bribe. And place such men over the people as rulers of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. So, right there, trustworthy. I think all of us brought that up as one of our character qualities when we were talking about our top five. I ran out of my top five. It was yeah, just outside. You always like extra, we know. So I'd like an official. Can I get? Can I buy a vowel? Trustworthy is awesome, and those who hate a bribe. And so many times I know that um, the way our politics are set up now, there's a lot of compromises that are made. You give me this, I'll give you that. And not necessarily bribes, but they don't. They give and take maybe more than they should in the compromise area. Mm. So, All right, so let's, let's take those three verses, those two quotes in that verse, and let's finish up our conversation on the qualities of people that we desire. You know, here's here's one of my in an elected official. Here's one of mine, uh, uh, determination, and, and I mean it like this. You know, people who get elected sometimes they need to take a stand for something, and they have to make a decision. Do I take this stand and take a chance that I may get not reelected? Because I take this stand, but I'm going to take it anyway because it's the right thing. But to be determined that they're going to represent themselves in honesty and integrity and in truthfulness and trustworthiness, all of those things, even if it could cost them their job. Those are the kinds of people that we need to elect, not people who just will say the things they want to say so they get reelected. We don't want those people. That's what term limits were meant to do. Get rid of the losers we can't get rid of because they'll say anything to anybody they want to hear. You feel better? No, I don't feel any better. <laughs> Not happy about it. Because I'm sick and tired of people just lying to get votes. Let's well, just be truthful. You know, if we go back to what um, Congressman David Jolly was saying when he was saying to pray for wisdom and um, that hoping that those elected officials and each of us in our own jobs, that we are daily seeking wisdom from God to make the good decisions. 
because sometimes they don't know what path they should go, but seeking God's choices in their life, looking for that wisdom that comes from God. I thought that was really powerful. It is powerful. I mean, and the application of knowledge, which is wisdom, I mean, that's it's hard, especially when you got pressure coming to you from the other side of the aisle, your coworkers and people that are willing to pay you big money in order to make that decision. Well, and those are tough. And that's what his other thing that he said to pray for is strength. And I think that goes not only in physical strength and endurance, but also, like you just said, in determination, having the strength to stand firm in your beliefs and right. what God has convicted you of. Do you got another one? Um, no, that I did all five of mine. You did? All right. Well, I've got my fifth one or sixth one. <laughs> How about discretion? You know, one of the things that I have... Here's the deal. Jesus says we need to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The people that we elect, I want you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you because you can change people with love. Jesus said they would know us. They would know that we are his disciples by our love and by our unity. And and it's tough. It's tough to love people who are throwing mud at you. Not that they sling mud anymore. They did that in the old days, but we still call it mud slinging. We need to love those people because honestly, Martha, you said it to me years ago, hurting people, they hurt other people. They do. Well, and along those same lines, Congressman said that he he needs to be able to work together. The Republicans and the Democrats need to be able to come together. And the independents and the libertarians and and the Green Party candidates. And all the other parties. You're exactly right. But in order to work together, you need to love your enemy. Okay, so your list again. Your five. All right. um, Having courage, their faith, um, trustworthiness sensitivity, and honor. Okay, and I had accountability. I think I snuck that one in there. Courage, determination, discretion, transparency, vulnerability, and servanthood. That was way more than five. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen. We're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show, but I really want you to pay attention to what we've been talking about today. If you haven't voted yet... Go vote. That's right. Turn the radio off in three minutes. Five five minutes. While you're driving. And go... Yeah, and just go and vote Vote your conscience. If you don't know how to vote your conscience, get somebody to help you know what to vote for, but you still got hours left. Vote. All right, listen, on tomorrow's show, we've got special guest Dr. Charlie Martin joining us as he talks about a very unusual way that Christians can make an impact on their community for Christ. You know, the I Work For Him show is all about purposely equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in a workplace. And I want you to ask yourself, are you really a Christ follower? Have you really allowed Jesus Christ to impact your life? And if you haven't, and you want to know more about why I say that's the best decision you can ever make, email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him. him.